0: all this nonsense, all this spin—they can't handle the truth.
1: War room, battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Okay, welcome. It's Friday, twenty-one October in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty-two. It is the third anniversary of the War Room—not the day we actually started sending pictures out, but the day we started we went up on—we went up on, uh, we went up on uh, Facebook and went up on uh, on radio. Uh, we had Real America's Voice and some other folks come in a couple of weeks after that. We'll do that anniversary next, but this is the third year. I've been amidst our war and impeachment, then went to war and pandemic. I think we may be winding down pandemic for just going to war. We've got to figure all this out. But I've got Dave Walsh. A couple of things I want to get into because I didn't have enough time today in the truncated version of the show I did. Obviously, and if you go to my getter feed, uh, there's a lot of analysis here and a lot of stories um, that. Uh, the White House is, is very concerned about a U.K.-type situation happening. They've got Treasury. They've got the Federal Reserve. They have the White House National Economic Council, seeing if there's going to be a Lehman uh, moment happening. Axios is reporting, as we've talked about now for weeks and weeks and weeks, that there's no more free ride. The era of big spending is over because the capital markets are not going to take it. Of course, we had Peter uh, McIlvana from Hearts of on the in Nigel Farage. They were talking kind of these dark forces that are, that are you know, making the British parliamentary system seem irrelevant. Those dark forces, not conspiracy, that's just good old capital markets. And it's really the uh, the bond market and, uh, and the way you finance governments, the way you finance debt is basically in revolt. And this is going to be a massive change in the United States. At the bottom of all that, and Dave Walsh, I want to bring you in because there's so many developments happening in Europe, even as we speak. There, there's, and I just heard even before coming on here on, uh, I think it's home heating oil in the, uh, in the, in the Northeast Pennsylvania. Guys are calling to get their, you know, over Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, get it filled up. And they're telling them, no, you can get a half a tank. I can't give you a full tank, even rationing here. Walk us through, uh, give us, uh, walk us around Europe and talk about the, the massive problem we've got right now that these European countries are going to have. And that's going to come back to us, Dave Walsh.
2: Well, you know, we only get on war room reports of the um, the uh, not panic in the streets, but demonstrating yesterday in Paris, Berlin, Leipzig, and Potsdam. Over a hundred thousand people in the streets on high energy cost, lack of access to energy, great concern. And, and I wanted to uh, build on the uh, Boris Johnson commentary on his departure, which sounded like a, a running speech for hopefully not a new term. One of the things you mentioned was a nuclear plant a year like a chicken in every pot, which well, they greatly need. The UK could use four or five more reactors, but the reality of that is Europe, Western Europe is building one reactor at this time. It broke ground in 2007 in Flaminville, France, being built by EDF, and also French-owned Areva Framatome, the plant builder. It's now been 15 years under construction. The unit isn't commercial yet after 15 years and about €7 billion euro over budget. So we have the same thing going on here at Plant Vogel in the US with Southern Company, about 10, 12 billion over budget, eight years late. The the issue is in the West, the the, the core competence to build these plants is way eroded. And the regulatory environment behind them is just, just through the roof, making it close to impossible to build this kind of capacity in any near term. So when he comes out and talks about a plant a year, that's 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 dreamland. Asia, China, India are building about fifty-two plants uh, reactors as we speak, uh, the Western world between Flamenville and Vogel in Georgia, three. So, again, they're way ahead of us in this space and with the competence to do it. Um, The the troubles there are deep, and they do relate, Steve, directly to this uh, public debt that's a massive issue, and it's been for a long time, but now it's grown massively in Western Europe, in this country, in Canada, and in Japan. You know, public debt. As Steve has uh, and Brad well chronicled the degrees of it. Um, hopefully, this come to come to reckoning on it will drive some of the subsidies to non non useful energy sources away because that is one additional source of huge public spending that is very valueless and that is subsidizing part time intermittent resources like wind and solar as opposed to baseload continuous duty power.
0: Um, uh, Dave, Dave, hang on for a second. I want to go back to in a second. I, I've got some breaking news. I've got to jump in here. But I want to, when I return, you hang right there. When I return, it's the underpinnings of why the, the, why she resigned in, in 44 days. The underpinning is, is, the, is the irrationality and, and, and really fantasy that Western democracy leaderships, whether it's Germany, France, uh, Scandinavia, the United Kingdom, um, Italy to a degree, and, and the, in the United States, and this is going to be our downfall. This is why we're highlighting this. We're the ones, we did the called shot, we said Liz Trust, we said Liz Trust would not make it to the 21st of October. I said it on a number of occasions early. This Tuesday I said it, I gave a speech over at Hillsdale on Tuesday night said the exact same thing, and she lasted until Thursday. Dave, Walsh, hang on one second, I got breaking news out of, of Florida. I want to bring in Dr. Joseph Latipo, the Surgeon General of Florida. Doctor, two things. Number one, I wanna get I want to understand this to talk about irrationality, the C D C what happened yesterday, but then Governor DeSantis just threw down hard on on Tony Fauci. What what is generally the attitude right now institutionally, not let's take the personalities out, but institutionally between the Surgeon General and the State Free State of Florida, the governor and CDC FDA and really the 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 kind of public health service of the federal government sir
3: hey steve thanks for having me on to speak with your audience i think we have a fracture right now because we've got in florida we align with the data we don't pretend that things aren't what they are if there are risks we call them out if there are benefits we highlight them we don't deny them and as you know we made a recent recommendation based on not just our research, but other bodies of research that have have found increased cardiovascular risks associated with mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. And it's a sensible recommendation. It's a recommendation that's in line with what Denmark is doing, what other Scandinavian countries are moving toward doing. And on the other side of that, you've got federal leadership claiming with a straight face that these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines are a good idea for nine-month-old kids and for six-month-old kids and for 60-year-old people, as if all of those different people face the same types of risks and benefits. So it, it's, it's unfortunate that we are splintering right now in terms of how people are thinking about public health. But it is very fortunate that you know we're fortunate to have Governor DeSantis. I'm happy to be in this position to support sensible decision-making. And I think more and more Americans every day, not just in Florida, but outside of Florida, are seeing sensibility in our messages. Uh,
0: let me hang over a second. You're you a MD from Harvard. Mm-hmm. You're, you have a PhD in really this type of analysis from Harvard. The CDC is staffed with Ivy League doctors and from the best medical. This vote. For the children, in the state of Florida, is unlike some of the other states. You just don't take the recommendation and implement. Some of the states actually do that. You guys have have really optionality. Uh, the vote for two days of this advisory board was fifteen to nothing zero. There was no abstentions. There was no no votes. Uh, so, I mean, what is the bid in the ask here? How could it be that big a golf? How could you say something with your great training and your staff and you know, what Ron DeSantis went to Yale? uh how, how did how did the smart people in florida that are credentialed have such a gulf mm-hmm. with the smart people at least the credentialed people in washington that deal in this area that these were these were these votes had unanimity dr ladipo
3: yeah it's, it's a great question i don't know the answer for sure of course but my sense is that you have people who are willing to make decisions for reasons that aren't based in scientific data. It's not something that happens here, but it is something that's happening when, like you said, you've got 15 people who are recommending a product that has no high quality evidence showing a drop of benefit to healthy children at this point in the pandemic. Zero. And essentially parents see this and they know this. So you've got parents saying no thank you, despite what Dr. Fauci and Dr. Walensky are saying. And they're essentially, what parents are saying is that, you know, you're saying one thing, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, President Biden, but my sense is that the benefits are not outweighing the risk in my child and I'm not gonna participate. So that's a sensible parental decision and what's happening with this 15-0 vote, it sadly indicates how politicized, and, and it's even worse than that, I think, in terms of you've got scientists who were basically abandoning scientific evidence and just falling in line with whatever their masters are saying in terms of their vote. So it's really unfortunate. And by the way, we are the outlier. There, there's, there's. I don't know any other country in the world that is pushing these vaccines on every single breathing human being in every single age group, other than our country. We are the outliers here, folks. They, they're trying to convince you that okay, we're not. Uh, so we are the outliers.
0: I just want to make sure I get it right. Governor Sanchez came out. I think it was yesterday. I think you'd already come out and said. This is not going to be part of the of the master schedule for schools, for uh for Florida. Is that correct? Is that what the position is now, the Surgeon General and the Governor?
3: Oh, yeah. You could call it a position. It's more like a barracks. Like there's just there. It's impenetrable. Impenetrable. Uh.
0: Governor DeSantis just, and you may have seen this. He just lit up at a press conference. He goes after Fauci in particular. I think on the mask. In fact, saying, you know, Fauci said he never supported closing schools, but there's obviously lots of footage out there. He does. In fact, he just gave an interview with Jonathan Carl of ABC, and there's tons of evidence. and And Governor DeSantis really went off on him. Is the Surgeon General in Florida and Governor uh, Governor DeSantis? Are you looking to pick a fight with CDC, pick a fight with the public health guys to basically hold them accountable for what they said before and let people know this is not going to happen in, in Florida? Is that is that where this is headed?
3: Honestly, I mean, obviously, I can't speak for Governor DeSantis, but pick a fight, no. I mean, why would you? If anything, what I prefer is distance from these people and their wild unsensible ideas, but hold them accountable. Absolutely. It's really important for Americans to see that this gentleman who was held up as a, a hero nationally, internationally, is now on TV spouting bold-faced lies about his role in the lockdowns. And, and not even, he's not even being suave about it. There's no mixing, mincing of words here. He is saying that no, I had nothing to do with the lockdowns. The same guy who literally is the energy, the core force behind lockdowns in the country. So you can't trust people like that. I certainly hope people see that and realize they can't trust people like that. And and I think it is important to make that very clear so that people can understand the depth to which they've been misled. And so that hopefully people can see the distinction between that type of, you know, yucky, uninspired, selfish, craven leadership and what Florida has to offer in the form of the governor, in the form of my guidance, in the form of many other people around the country who have taken similar positions that have been data-based and sensible.
0: Uh, Dr. Latipo, uh I want to talk about your book for just a second. Where do people go to get your book? It's a, a journey of not just a, a true American hero, but it's a, a personal story that is uh, transcend fear. It's about how you, with all the success on the outside, didn't feel you had the success in the inside and how you transformed yourself. Where do people go to get this book? Because it is, I think, one of the best books of 2022.
3: Oh, that's very kind of you, Steve. And I really do hope people do pick it up because I think it's good for lots of things. We've had a crisis and of course it relates to that crisis with the pandemic, but there are crises all over the place and both big on large scales and small scales and internally. So people can pick up the book at Amazon and other major book retailers. And I hope hope they do. I, I, I hope they do.
0: What's your social media? People want to know how to follow you. Because this, uh, this uh, looking over the other side of the hill, uh, there's been quite a statement over the last mm-hmm. couple of days. The CDC vote was Wednesday and Thursday. Governor Ron DeSantis and his uh, a Surgeon General, who are both highly credentialed at the finest universities in the country, if not the world, have thrown down hard. So I just tell everybody, stay tuned. <laughs> there's going to be a lot more to come. These mm-hmm. guys are immovable. Like you said, it's not a position; it's a barracks. So, um, how do people follow you on social media,
4: sir?
3: A Florida Surgeon General is the Twitter, and we'll keep the messaging coming on lots of public health issues because we care about people's health, and it's it's multifaceted: eating, you know, exercise, all the good stuff.
0: Well, I can tell you, my phone has blown up for the last two days from all over the country and the world, really, about you and Governor DeSantis. I just want to give you that the people people globally are watching this. So thank you, Doctor Ladipo. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Steve.
0: I want to go back to da- so Dave Walsh. Here's what I had, now, if we only had Doctor Latapo for a second, but this crisis that may underpin many crises has analogies in this, this, this. What we're going through with the vaccine and COVID, and that you had these experts and you have people on both sides. You're one of the most credentialized guys I know, and you've been a practitioner in this thing basically your entire adult life. You speak with practicality, you always back it up with numbers. But there's such a gap between people like Boris Johnson, between people like the leaders of Germany. Uh, it, it, it seems like, and this is what gets people very uh, concerned, and now you've got winter coming upon you. There was just a story, I think, in Associated Press today, Americans, Americans, and this is not in Europe, are going to be making decisions between buying, putting food on the table, and, and paying for home heating. Um, why is this gap? Because it's like, it's like the vaccine. How can we have in something in the physical world like energy? Why is there such a big gap between you and what I call the realist and the uh, not just the climate change person, but the net zero carbon or the sustainability energy model, Dave Walsh?
2: You're making a great point, and uh, you know we've all become uh, quasi-experts on COVID and the vaccine, and just think about it. The, the, the 17 Western European countries, Canada and North America, 19 countries, have taken one consistent path since the pandemic began in early '20. one consistent path with one medicine, one, no, no antidotes, etc. The rest of the world, another 170 mm-hmm. countries, basically didn't do this. And the data is compelling on that topic alone um, across the other 170 countries, data being so much superior. The energy thing is identical in respect to this overabsorption of wind and solar as a mania for the last 12 years, displacing known, reliable, and now very clean electricity sources, coal and gas, and and nuclear. Um, Is is the same countries embarking on an identical groupthink down the same path while Indonesia, the Philippines, India, China, uh, largely even Japan are not doing this. They're not doing this. Mexico is not doing this. I mentioned before I built a huge number of plants in Mexico, combined cycle fossil fired plants. They're not doing this. This is this is very very limited to the groupthink of Western Europe, North, uh, Canada and the U.S. It's, it's curious. It's very much aligned with this COVID handling thinking that was. Identical among the elites in Western Europe, Canada, and the US in terms of how to deal with it.
0: Okay, but 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 hang on a second. This is what I want to get to. The people in the public health service are as credentialized as our guys on the and our guys on the football are highly credentialized on this COVID topic. And the highly credentialized, and there's there's an unbridgeable gap. It's not bridgeable. Okay, is where we stand now, the bid and the ask. If I go to the energy and this is what we did look, we've seen we're seeing governments fall. We're seeing uh, the United Kingdom, and let me be blunt, and I'll ask Tammy that they're having a sovereign debt crisis. This was the previous prime reserve currency before ourselves. They're having a sovereign debt crisis, and 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 it's rolling out through their entire economy. How can the experts on something so fundamental that's really been around with us since the internal combustion engine, since the middle of the nineteenth century, right within you know starting with mass uh, uh, electricity? How can we be having a debate? where Dave Walsh and his experts are on one side, and I've got an unbridgeable gap to the net zero carbon and to the sustainability model, sir.
2: Well, Steve, it's complicated, and I'll I'll put it right out there in part. In this country, um, the regulated utilities who are publicly traded on Wall Street are are in large part captured by working with public service commissions to get anything approved that they can that generates a guaranteed return. Uh, Big power plants last too long, that's one of their problems, they're too durable, they're too reliable, they're too durable, you're not building them that often, so this comes along, this provides, unfortunately, an an opportunity for what's called asset churn, that is go to the Public Service Commission, get rates approved at a 9.5% or close to it, guaranteed rate of return to invest in something, even if it's not the best thing for your population on a reliability basis, an availability basis. And I'm seeing this across uh, major utilities or major cap capital uh, Wall Street equity cap firms making decisions to push push this stuff like crazy because it provides more investment opportunity for them. Approved by public service. Hold it. Are
0: are, are you saying? Start? Are you saying you don't believe these people actually believe in the sustainability model that this is really uh, a, a financial thing that they got ability I, instead of having the duration of a plant, but to actually have these new. Sustainable assets, and this is the big new into carbon trading and all this. Mm-hmm. It's a new capital market. So, the cra- you're saying is that craven.
2: Um, I, I I hate to say follow the money, but follow the money. I know, I know many many senior executives in utilities very well, and they they know the truth of the matter on the necessity of base load, wow. continuous duty coal plants, nuclear plants, gas fired combined cycle plants, and the intermittency of this new stuff is just not. It's not going to get the deal done for people being electrified 100% of the time. And it's going to create brownouts and blackouts. And, and we don't really have a fungible replacement for coal, nuclear, and gas at this time in electricity production. We don't really have one. They know this. Uh, they do know it. And I'm I'm sorry to report that. They do know it. But then you get into uh, the EPA manages them. The SEC is now in their kitchen managing them through ESG. Uh, they've got activist shareholders. And... and course that you know the shareholding thing generally does promote an interest in making money in terms of asset churn and building you know if you can build a utility near me 70 70 solar farms at 60 64 and a half megawatts 74 megawatts at 4 billion and you can get rate recovery in that you're going to go do it because you get a guaranteed nine and a half percent rate of return and it, even though it may not be the best thing for the people of the given state yep. it may not be the best More. thing
0: I love this. This is the first time I've seen this. But Dave, we got to bounce. Give uh, for over the weekend. How do people and everybody knows that we go through, because there's there's been a game change this week a sea change out of the United Kingdom and capital markets. It's coming to a country near you soon. That would be the United States of America. Yeah, if, um, Dave, if how if do people get, get the, to you? Attention
2: ahead, to the debt crisis. This all helps create. It's it's a it's actually a blessing because the downside of all this is just the massive added public debt to underwrite. Intermittent, non-reliable energy. Anyhow, I'm at, uh, at, at Dave Walsh Energy at Getter. Thank you, Steve.
0: Dave, amazing job. Thank you. Let me go with John Tamney, and I've also got uh, Mark Mitchell from Rasmus. I'm going to join a second with some polling. Uh, Tamney, your new book, The Money Confusion. What is The Money Confusion, and particularly put it in the context? We've got a couple of minutes here on this side. The context of... Uh, of uh, Liz Truss only, uh, only lasting 44 days and kind of blown out by the Bank of England in the guilt, sir.
5: Well, I think it's clearly related in that she is suffering higher prices that are a logical consequence of governments a couple of years ago, eviscerating our ability to work together. I mean, who's the greatest entrepreneur in US history? Arguably Henry Ford, what was his innovation? He made cars incredibly cheap by dividing up the work among tens of thousands of workers. Well, suddenly that right to do that a couple of years ago was taken away. Is it any surprise that prices are higher today? And so the global electorate is mad because suddenly the value of its money, it's not that the value of money's gone down, but money's not stretching as far. And so it's all related to the taking of freedom of a couple of years ago. My one quibble is let's stop calling it inflation because that's what politicians want to call it, because then you can blame the Fed or some other. Let's focus on what they did. They took away our freedom, and we're suffering this now. The electorate's mad, and Liz Truss is just the first of many victims of it.
0: Many. Okay, uh, we got two minutes to break. I want you to get, get – what's the central thesis? Because this is a very controversial book. We want everybody well, to read it. What is the central thesis of the ends. money conf- –
5: The central thesis is that this is not inflation. The taking of freedom whereby we can't go to work, whereby businesses cannot open, is not inflation. That's a taking of freedom. Inflation is a devaluation of of, of of the money. We haven't seen that in modern times. That's not a defense of Biden. Biden's an empty suit, settled science. But let's keep the focus on what happened. Uh, politicians took away our right to work and in taking away that right eviscerated trading relationships and and work relationships among individuals that have been developed over decades. Of course, prices are higher today, but let's keep the focus where it should be on the political class.
0: Uh, Fantastic. Where do people I'm going to hold you through the break. Uh, We're going to get Mark Mitchell up here. I think we got Sandy Smith running down on North Carolina One. Where can people get the book? It just launched a couple of days ago, where can people get the book right now?
5: Oh, yeah. Right now they can get it on Amazon. And so that's primarily that's and, and, you know, that's it's a perfect example of where we are. It's been hard to actually get physical copies produced, which, of course, you can get on Amazon. And the reason for that is, once again, once you break up these d- commercial relationships developed over decades, everything is slowed down. And again, it just staggers yep. me that politicians want to blame others for this. They did this. They locked us down.
0: Uh, John Tamney, hang on for one second. John is the editor of Real Clear Markets. So he is one of the most, uh, I think, powerful people in this space because every morning, everybody I know goes to Real Clear Markets first. It's a it's a uh, compendium of the top stories in capital markets and economy throughout the world. Okay, short commercial break. Be back in War Room Battleground just a moment.
1: Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Okay, welcome back. Uh, John Tamney's still with us. We're going to get John back in a minute. But since he's very focused on politicians to get in the way of freedom, I'm going to bring in a couple of experts here. First, Mark Mitchell of Rasmussen. Mark, you teased us last night that the Nevada poll was going to come out today from Rasmussen. And, and like I say, I think you're the, uh, the the first among equals, I would say, in in being able to poll Accurately, Dave, which is very tough about Republicans and even tougher of Trump or MAGA or Deplorables or America First. Can you walk us through, sir, what Nevada, what Rasmussen broke today on Nevada?
4: Yeah, well, thank you kindly for your praise also. And I think you saw the Nevada poll. I'm trying to put a headline on this, and I think it would be something like the GOP is up big in Nevada. um, Because you look at the numbers and, you know, the generic ballots doing better in Nevada than it is nationwide for the Republicans. uh, They're up nine points in Nevada. That's an incredible lead. Uh, And then both of the candidates uh, for governor and for Senate on the Republican side have five point leads. So those look like strong, comfortable leads. Um, And yeah, you look at the national numbers and, and you wonder how the battlegrounds are gonna stack out. At least in this case, it looks very good for Republicans.
0: Mark MSNBC has been on particularly today they've been putting up a lot of numbers a lot of charts talking about a lot of these races they've been putting up Nevada and they go back and use a real they, I think they say real clear politics average they've been making the case that it's really neck and neck they're they're making a case that it's neck and neck in the governor's race it's basically neck and neck in the uh in the uh in the senate race with Laxalt um what, what say you to that i know your polls not been included in that cuz these were all done Uh, from uh, earlier this morning, but they're making a case that it's still neck and neck in Nevada. What say you?
4: Um, I don't want to disparage all the pollsters out there because I I think there are some good polling outfits, but I think if you were trying to figure out where a race looked, you would probably try and get polling from one organization or some organizations that poll very similarly and track them over time and compare them to that organization's nationwide polling. I'll give you an example. If you look at generic ballot, Uh, If you were an unscrupulous media outfit, you could pick whatever answer you wanted right now. If you want to say that the Democrats are up eight points, there's polling out there for that. If you want to say the Republicans are up 13, there's polling out there for that. We've always had the Republicans in a comfortable to strong lead for the entire year. Uh, Our polling's been accurate in previous presidential races, and it's the same methodology, but if you look at the averages, um, you know, for the last couple of weeks, the real clear politics has had the generic ballot even. Look at 538, they even have Democrats up right now. Those averages lag, they take every poll that's out there, including if it's a garbage poll or if it's not. Uh, So it's, you know, you really need to like zoom in on one of these individual polls and and understand that the methodology and the weighting was done conscientiously. And we're an organization that tries to be accurate. So we like people to look at our polls.
0: The reason this is so blockbuster news, it's kind of Harry Reid, you know, MAGA said we had a tough time cracking that nut in 16. Uh, We had uh, bad news in 18. Uh, didn't get it done. We believe we won it. Obviously, uh, the Mark Elias team closed on the deal. Uh, it's been a tough nut for MAGA and the Republicans. What caused this? And this blowout number. The reason the left is freaking out is that this essentially means the Senate. Will, when you look at some of the other polling, the Senate in all likelihood will will go to the Republicans. It probably be more, but even this gives it to them. What caused this big spread? And uh, and uh, and uh, how how confident are you in this?
4: Uh I, you know I don't have boots on the ground in Nevada but there's something in this poll and let me step back and also say we had a great sponsor for this Capital Resource Institute and for all of our sponsored polls that even if you aren't a paid subscriber you can go in and read the story and look at the actual cross tabs yourself. It's a very dense poll it goes into some other topics too about Nevada's question 1 and tra- you know transsexualism and you know bi- biological males competing in women's sports that kind of thing. So lots of interesting stuff there. But if I look at this poll, there's one clear thing that jumps out to me. So we asked people what their 2020 presidential vote was, and you know, ballpark, Trump and Biden were even. I think in this poll, in this poll, Trump was up two points, but you know, whatever, close. But then we also ask if the 2024 rematch were held today between uh, Trump and Biden, who would you vote for? And Trump beats Biden by 12 points. So now we can go ahead and look at each individual demographic group and say, OK, who changed their mind, who did vote for Trump and who is now uh, who did vote for Biden, and who is now voting for Trump. And Trump picks up a pretty solid chunk of 2020 Biden voters in Nevada and almost every single one of these demographic he he, he wins with big. So he lost a little bit with white voters and 65 plus in the last two years. But we're talking 18 point pickup among 18 to 39 year olds. A 27-point pickup among Hispanic voters in Nevada. And get this one, a 49%, 49% pickup Black voters in Nevada. That's incredible. So Trump went from losing to Biden 19 to 81, according to the people who said what they voted for in in this poll, to now Biden beats Trump only 51 to 37 among the, uh, the Black vote. So it's, you know, you look at the Trump lead, it's 12 points versus the generic ballot was nine points versus these, these Republican candidates are doing a five point. And I mean, to me, the takeaway here is that Nevadans are looking around and in the last two years, like Trumpism got really popular there.
0: Mark, where this thing is such a blockbuster? Where do people go to get the story, and where can they go see the cross tabs from the cell? Because I want everybody to dive into this over the weekend. Because there's something here that I think is the tectonic plate shift that we're seeing, and I think that's why it's so powerful. This Nevada poll came out on this Friday with a couple of weeks ago. Where do people go, sir?
4: Yeah, I'll say a few things first. Not to rain on the parade, but things don't look as good in, in our Pennsylvania polling that we're going to be releasing next week. Uh, for Republicans, you know, I think these states, there's different things going on in each one. But go to RasmussenReports.com. It's one of the front stories on the page. You can look at the crosshats and read the story. Uh, due to popular request, we now have a Rumble page that's live. And we'll have a video going into this. Actually, the video's up. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you don't like Rumble, you can still go to YouTube. We have all the videos there as well.
0: So YouTube channel, or then go to Rumble and check it out right now on your on your uh, on your channel. Uh, yeah. And Rasmus reports on the mm-hmm. it's on the home page the story, and then we can, mm-hmm. people can drop it down and go to the click over to the cross tabs. Yep. Mark, thank you. We want you back on when you do Pennsylvania, but we like the we like the good news and the mm-hmm. bad news. This is not good news. Yeah. This is blowout news, and that's why yes. we spent this weekend. Mm-hmm. People should dry, drill down on this. Well,
4: thanks for having me Mark, on. Thank thanks you. For
0: Thanks, brother. Let's go to Sandy Smith. I'm gonna we'll get back to Tammy in just one second. Sandy Smith is in North Carolina one. Sandy, with boots on the ground, you just heard a report from, from Nevada, and I've been saying this a long time about the Hispanic communities coming our way, the African American, particularly the African American men. You're in you're in a traditional uh, a, a bastion of the Democratic Party, and you're a fire breathing populist, uh Trump supporter. Walk us through how it's going, and are you seeing this as you walk around? the district and and go to town halls and knock on doors. Are you feeling, are you feeling the same movement there?
6: We are feeling that movement here. It's been, we just had their polls just opened yesterday for early voting and just knocking on doors, talking to voters at the polls, going to, uh, we had a meet and greet last night out in some of our rural counties and where we normally get, you know, maybe five or 10 people to show up, we're, we're filling the room and they are ready for this change and they know we, we can feel the polling, even the Democrats feel they're in, in trouble here. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to peddle some of the fake poll stuff coming out. But um, when behind the scenes, they're, they're preparing for a total wipeout. But I'll tell you what, I'm one of the few MAGA American first uh, fighters running for Congress that's in a true dogfight. There's a couple of us out there and the Democrats are just trying to do everything they can I don't know if you know, uh, last night at 1045 at night, I got a message that Nancy Pelosi dumped another uh, $350,000 on me. So we're on a total of $3.5 million. Mm -hmm. And that is because I'm an America first candidate that has taken out her first lieutenant Mm -hmm. and they're trying Mm -hmm. to buy this race. So I need everyone to step up and get, you know, support us Mm -hmm. in any way they can and get out and work those polls if they can and vote, 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 vote. Because you know what? We have to make these communists pay for uh, what they've done to our country. We need to pay, make every single one of them pay at the ballot box. And that is why it's so important that us patriots get out there and vote.
0: Sandy, as you know, we've had Alex DeGrasse Grasson on uh, from Team Elise and from the works of the NRCC. We talked about North Carolina One. This is the one, as they retreat there's certain districts they got to hold. This is a historic uh, district they've had uh, with the former congressman who kind of took out her lieutenant, um, and they must save this. This is why they're they're going to come in even harder. The last thing they can have is a is a MAGA champion like Sandy Smith. Sandy, as you go around, because they're all kind of pulling coming out cross tabs, and this is you know it's abortion, it's democracy. As you go around the district and 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 shake hands and knock on doors, what are people telling you in North Carolina one? Uh, What is what are the priorities for them and what do they want to see their congressman do?
6: Well, first of all, they don't buy any of the smear campaigns that they've put out there against me. A matter of fact, this is crazy. I was at a poll yesterday. I had a Democrat voter come up to me who was actually working for the Democrat Party, giving out their sample ballots, who came up and said, look, I want to let you know, we don't believe any of the craziness that they're saying. We actually support you and I'm voting for you. And this is these are black Democrats that are that I'm having come up to me all the time. I mean, I mean, I had some folks at the polls that were just shocked when they saw this. We are seeing people that are tired of suffering. You know, the my opponent and Nancy Pelosi are calling this the legacy past the torch uh, campaign for them. We need to stop the craziness. We've allowed them to destroy our country, destroy this community for decades. And it's time that we get the voters relief. And that's what I'm hearing. When I knock on the doors, they're like, we need you. We need somebody who's going to fight for families, who's going to put, you know, school choice and help put, uh, you know, cheaper gas in our cars. So they are ready. They are hurting. And the Democrats have no solution.
0: Sandy, how do people, this is a knockdown drag out. We're going to be covering this closely because it's such a linchpin. To so much else. Where do people go to find out more about your campaign?
6: Um, they go to nc.com. And yes, they are calling this race the dark horse race of, of 2022. Uh, We've kept fighting. They've thrown everything they can at us. And I am an America first fighter. And we are not giving up until we win. And that's why it's so important that we get the war room posse and everyone to support us because this is truly grassroots. We've got to have the, the grassroots support and it's it's time. We're, we the call is now and we 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 need to step up.
0: Need everybody in the posse to go to her website right now. Got to do it. Sandy Smith, thank you very much. Fight on, ma'am.
6: Thanks, Steve. God bless you.
0: Thank you, ma'am. Let's go back to John Tamney. Tamney, the money confusion. Cause your take on things is 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 quite different. And look, I've known you for many years and, and a colleague and, and uh, someone that's very close to you, think the world of you, you've done such a great job. And I t- tell everybody, real clear markets is the best snapshot you can get early early morning that you do another one in the afternoon of the econ- global economy, everything that's going on and uh great thought pieces and capital markets. Uh, what drove you to write this book? Particularly, you have a very unique take on this that you don't see from a lot of people. What, what drove you to, to to write this book?
5: Well, I wanted people to stop focusing on the Federal Reserve first and foremost, as this essentially allower of mm. economic growth. The Fed couldn't control the economy on its best day. And so I use this book as a way of showing how, and you know this as a former investment banker, that if you're productive, the investment will find you. Don't focus on the Fed fiddling with interest mm. rates. I also wanted to show people that this inflation talk is basically a head fake. It's yet again politicians keep wanting to change the subject about what happened two years ago, and they're saying, "Well, there's higher prices today." That the Fed did this. Now, like, I, no one bashes the Fed more than I do, but this is a function of lockdowns. And I show how what mm-hmm. is assumed is not true. So everything you believe about central banks, about money, about inflation is disproved in the mm-hmm. book. And One of the thing it disproves is this notion that governments have financial crises when they reduce the tax burden or when they're growing. The idea that Liz Truss's tax cuts was going to destroy England's economy is so backwards. And it's rooted in this notion that actually, if government controls more of the resources that a country's better off, no one could possibly take that seriously, least of all investors.
0: What, uh We'll get you back on because you and I have a very different view of the Mm -hmm. Fed, very different view of the trust situation. I want to get on and kind of have a mini debate, but we'll do that for another time. I I want to go to, you've just heard, we had the Rasmussen uh, pollster out here about Nevada. We had Sandy Smith who's in a dogfight in North Carolina 1, which is a district we've been losing by 20 points. As you see these young politicians and a new generation of politicians coming up, and much of this in reaction, we're going to have the director of of the Fauci movie on next as a reaction to the lockdowns, as a reaction. We had Latipo at the start of the show, the Surgeon General Florida, as a reaction to the mandates. Does that give you a better sense as an economist and a, and a guy that really deals in the economy that things are about to fundamentally change? Do you believe that? Well, of
5: course it does. How can you do what was took place two years ago where people were literally locked in their houses when they were told by politicians, you are so foolish." That if we let you go to work, if we let you live your life, we let you operate your business, that you will engage in behavior that will cause you to either be very sick or die. You think there's going to be a political reaction to that? When has the electorate in modern times ever been more insulted by the two main excuses for the lockdowns? We have to protect the hospitals. And also, if we don't lock you in your houses, you will die by the millions. Have viewers ever been so insulted in their lives? The very people who gave us the post office and the passport office and every inept thing and and crisis after crisis told us that they needed to protect us from ourselves. And so, of course, you're going to see a reaction. The idea that this isn't going to impact politics for quite some some time is just naive. And so hopefully we are seeing this the best thing. If there's a silver lining to this disaster It's that Americans were woken up regardless of party to just how dangerous politicians can be and what they'll do when they panic.
0: The money confusion is on Amazon right now. The money confusion is by John Tamney. John, where do people go to get you besides real clear markets and what's your social media?
5: Um, I'm at John Tamney at Twitter. Of course, all my books are on Amazon, including one about the lockdowns, which you've had me on before when politicians panic, but uh they are all asking for people to be skeptical, to be skeptical about what politicians promise they can do. And particularly when it comes to money, never forget that in a, in a world like this, credits produced around the world, if you're productive, the wealth will find you, the, the investment will find you. Stop focusing on government as essentially the permitter of economic growth. Its power is vastly overstated to limit g- genius in this country or anywhere else for that matter.
0: The Money Confusion on Amazon right now. John Tamney, editor, Real Clear Markets. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. And go to Real Clear Markets. Let me bring in uh, Jeff. Uh, Hart. Jeff, the movie, The Real Anthony Fauci. All day, we started with Labado and, and Dave Walsh, uh, Latipo, talking about Fauci and the CDC. We had Walsh talking. The whole show has been about this huge gap. Between what one side thinks and what one the other side thinks with 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 data. Your film at the realanthonyfauci.com is a film about that. The Fauci on one level is treated as a hero and a superstar. At another level, he's essentially a demon. This book, this movie is made off Robert Kennedy's book. How can we have two, two totally different attitudes about this guy?
1: By the way, it's the Real Anthony Fauci Movie.com. and and not not it's the real Anthony So this is 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 really you know quite odd. It's funny. I produced a series uh, a couple of years ago, and my producing partner on the series was an Academy Award winning director. He made the Disney version of the Fauci movie that was like an infomercial. And I thought it's quite odd that two guys who were partners on a previous film series uh, suddenly end up on both sides of an issue. So it's exactly what you said. This this story has been suppressed. It's been very hard to get it out. And the story of his greatness, he's told that story very well himself, and the media has been a willing accomplice.
0: Uh, Realanthony Fauci com. It's based off of Robert Kennedy's book, You're the Director and the Producer. It's free, and we want everybody to go there and share it. We've got about a minute. Why should people go this weekend and see this? Give me 60 seconds on why in a busy weekend with politics going, all this, their lives, football. Why should they go to com? see this for free? Why?
1: You know, it's amazing to call a film like this enjoyable but the reality is we did a great job on this. The book was a spectacular book. There's information in there that that you're just not going to know unless you wait, work your way through that 600-page book. Now they can see it. We've made it in a very digestible format. I think people are going to love the film. The hundreds of thousands that have already seen it have loved it.
0: Jeff, i got to tell you, I've had tens of thousands of people I know have gone. My phone has been blowing up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's free and they love this movie. And many people have seen it a couple of times. Jeff Hayes, uh, the director, the writer, the producer, thank you very much. The real Anthony Fauci com, Brother, thank you so much. And thank you for so much having the bravery to make this. Just look what Ron DeSantis and, La- and Dr. Latipo are uh, are doing. They're not going to back down. Okay. The weekends now here on Worm are going to be over the top. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. We're going to be live then at 6 p.m. on Real America's Voice on Sunday. I have uh, Bishop Schneider and a one-hour one-on-one special. You're not going to want to miss that. 6 p.m. on Sunday. Make sure you're there. See you tomorrow morning in the warm, 10 a.m.